The Rod and Staff podcast comes out of the host's passion for Christ and his church. It exists to encourage a deeper engagement with issues that pertain to doctrine and life. Check us out at rodandstaff.org. Welcome to this episode of the Rod and Staff podcast. I'm your host, Jason, along with my co-host and friend, Roger. And we are here to continue in our conversation about the uh, London Baptist Confession of Faith of 1689, going on to chapter or article three uh, this time. Uh, But before we get to that, Roger, um, I was thinking about this and thinking about kind of themes related to this. What would you say is your favorite thing about the local church? And then maybe your least favorite thing <laughs> about the local church. <laughs> and not our particular local church, but in general. <laughs> wow. You know, the body of Christ in a local setting. I don't know. Um, well, of course, you're preaching when I come on Sunday oh. to hear the preaching of the word, right? I got to people please now. Uh, my favorite thing about the local church, uh, both here and in general, for me, it's always been the fellowship of believers that come together from all different walks of life, worshiping the same Lord and finding connections with people. I would have no connection outside of Christ and have no reason to really find anything in common outside mm-hmm. of Christ. Um, so the fellowship of believers mm-hmm. um, is special to me. And of course, I mean, the the church, the word of God, the um, you know, and the sacraments we participate in is is the, the church. Christ um, was supposed to be the answer, but okay. Wow. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, that's that's <laughs> great. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's that's great. Yeah, absolutely. The fellowship and and of course all those other parts that you mentioned. But what about what? And I don't want to say your least favorite yeah. thing, but what are some of the things uh, in the local church that can become disheartening or? That there's sinners in the local church still. I know, I know you're exempt from it, but the rest of us, <laughs> it's it's the sins that occur between believers that cause uh, strife and not seeing biblical solutions mm. and seeing us act like we're outside of Christ without the hope of the gospel or allowing the word of God to change us and transform us to actually forgive one another, to resolve things and conflict we have in the church, the divisions, the, and and overall the way churches throw stones at each other and people are just attacking brothers in Christ and sisters in Christ. That's disheartening. I mean, just look at Twitter a little bit and, and it's discouraging to see. Yeah. We believe in the same Lord who saved us, and we're going to spend eternity with these people. It's going to be hard to spend eternity with people you've been throwing rocks at your, you know, for your life. And yeah. Christ died for them, and you, and, and we're so critical of others, and we yeah. all fall into that at times where we're critical of others, and sure. forgetting that Christ died for that brother or that sister. So, yeah. But how about you? What, what, you especially in the in this church, everybody wants to know what what. Uh, the My answer to both. <laughs> favorite thing is the fellowship hour afterwards with the good coffee and the, oh no we don't have really good coffee so that can't be it um, <laughs> hope the person making the coffee isn't listening to I think this it's episode. my mom most of the time so it's all good um i know i think i think uh honestly 
the reminder regularly uh, of Christ, just the, the coming together, whether it's in the worship, the preaching, the reading, the, the fellowship, just being pushed back and pointed once again to Christ is always the, the best thing that, mm-hmm. that we have in the local church. And I, the reason that came to mind, Roger, one of the reasons this has been on my mind is I'm uh, interacting with a dear brother who's struggling with all okay. sorts of things, uh, not, not from our local body, just okay. a, another dear brother. And one of the things that I, I noticed and I, and I asked him about is, Hey, are, are you plugged into the local mm. church? And his answer is it's no. And he hasn't been for a while. Okay. And I just saw the kind of the devastation that occurs when you're left outside of what God gives to us in that covenant community mm-hmm. is so important for us and for our lives. And so it, when I, you know, I was talking to him, it reminded me just again, how much I am grateful to the Lord for the, the local body. And of course, just what you said in terms of the, the, the burden though is so we love what we love about the local church is Christ. What we <laughs> struggle with is our own sin, <laughs> you know, and, and sinful humans. Uh, but that's who Christ came for. And um, so, yeah, that, that can be a, a burden on us, the division that can occur so easily because of our pride. And um, but we're, we're grateful for God's forgiveness. Um, and, you know, part of the, the church is is things like the confessions that we hold to the agreement that we have in doctrine and um, the faithful people that have come before us that we can rely on too. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're grateful to be able to come together and talk through and, and uh, kind of have a conversation about the, the confession. And we're on to, to article three, God's decree. And uh, Roger, you're going to be our resident expert <coughs> in all things decree. So with that, why don't you start by reading article three, paragraph one. Okay. From all eternity, God decreed everything that occurs without reference to anything outside himself. He did this by the perfectly wise and holy counsel of his own will, freely and unchangeably. Yet God did this in such a way that he is neither the author of sin nor has fellowship with any in their sin. This decree does not violate the will of the creature or take away the free working of or contingency of second causes. On the contrary, these are established by God's decree. In this decree, God's wisdom is displayed in directing all things, and his power and faithfulness are demonstrated demonstrated in accomplishing his decree. Mm. So much, so much wealth there in that paragraph. Let, let's start at the top. From all eternity, God decreed everything that occurs without reference to anything <laughs> outside himself. So... What do you think is uh, is going on in the minds of, of the divines that, that wrote that line? So what we know is that they do footnote different passages mm-hmm. um, when they're writing their statements. And in this one, the first passage that they reference goes back to Isaiah 46.10. Mm-hmm. And so let me read Isaiah 46.10. Or I'll actually start a little bit uh, uh, before in verse 9, where he says, For I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things not yet done, 
saying, my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. Mm -hmm. So talking about how God has decreed the beginning and the end before things have even come into uh, to occur by his own counsel and plan, they're going to come to pass. Yeah. It's interesting that passage that you're referencing there. It's this idea of him declaring the end from the beginning. Yeah. Is that just he 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 tells us what the end is going to be from the beginning? <laughs> or is there something more to this declaration that's taking place? <laughs> more than just the declaration is the actually working in and through it to bring it about. Yeah. Yep. You know, he, he knows the end uh, beginning to the end. He didn't just start the world and then let it spin on its own will and then things just occur and he's surprised by the things that occur mm -hmm. he has decreed the things that have occurred and will occur in the future that's right which at the same time that there's a mystery and attention and understanding our own human responsibility without that i don't think there's comfort in this world yeah if god was not in control of everything and decreeing everything yeah then we have a god who is surprised we have a god we have a god who is not all knowing over everything and how frightening that would be to live lives in this crazy world we live in that seems to be out of control yeah think about it this way if uh, when, when your children are afraid mm -hmm. you know and you tell them there's nothing to be afraid of you know mm -hmm. I, it, it's under control i've got this or i'm yeah. here or whatever at some point, your children are going to get to an age yeah. where they're going to know that that's not true, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> right? Because even though, yes, it's good that dad's here and he can yeah. protect us to a certain extent, yeah. there are some things outside of his control. And at some point, you know, my, my son and I have talked about some of this. Sometimes he'll ask the question, he'll bring something up that points out real clearly. He gets mm. it that, no, I can say, don't worry, but there are some things out of my control. A lot of things, right? Yeah. If that were true about God, could we get to a place where we're like, ooh, wait, that's outside of God's... Yeah. No. And that, it, like you said, it'd be terrifying mm -hmm. if that were true, that something, anything is, I think R.C. Sproul used to say, one maverick mm -hmm. molecule, right? Yeah. Um, that'd, be, that'd be tough. There's something else in this passage you were looking at in Isaiah 46.10. He says, my counsel shall stand... I will accomplish mm -hmm. my purpose. What do you, why are those two words, counsel and purpose, so important here uh, for this understanding of the decree? Because it's not as if just he decreed it. This is his desire. This is his will. If he's not working in and through it to actually accomplish, to bring it about, then there's a disconnect between just God's desire you know, in the decree, it, it's actually, no, it's going to come out. He, he didn't just plan it this way. He will bring about the end of his plans. None of his plans that he set out mm -hmm. will ever fail. I think there is a passage in, in Jeremiah, I'm trying to remember that, that nothing can thwart God's plans. Mm -hmm. Trying to remember if it's in, not, not 29, uh, it's not coming to me, but yeah. that all that God has planned, nothing can thwart it. And That's we right. know that. From the Old Testament, a lot of the stories, even continuing the new, that what God has desired to bring about, although it looked like he was going in weird directions, it wasn't a straight line, 
everything came about. Mm-hmm. Everything was accomplished, and there's more to be accomplished because we're not at the end yet. That's right. That are going to come about because he has decreed that. He's decreed it, and it's his, like you pointed out, it's his desire, his purpose, his counsel. Because notice what the confession says without reference to anything outside himself. Yeah. Why is that important? I think they're getting at that it wasn't God looking and making decisions outside of his own being, Mm -hmm. outside of the Trinity. He's not looking outside to say, okay, I wonder, you know, if this happens or let me look at this person, their decisions, or maybe I'll, 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 I'll I'll do something because of that. It's not, creation is not directing it. The Mm -hmm. creator is directing all things. That's right. He doesn't need anything outside of himself to bring about even his purpose. He uses all of us. We're just actors on the stage of God's creation. Um, But it's not because of anything outside of himself that all of this is occurring. Yeah. We often use the language of, you know, it's not conditioned. God's will is not conditioned by anything outside of himself. And, And think about why that's so important for us. If his will is conditioned by something outside of himself, then it's being conditioned by something that's not perfect. Yeah. That how can he how can he guarantee perfection if it's conditioned somehow by something that's not perfect? He is perfect within himself, and what he plans is part of him. It's perfect. Um, otherwise, you know, otherwise we we run the risk of so many other uh, problems arising. What about the statement of, I miss the will of God? <laughs> so it depends on what someone means by that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they mean they missed what God has decreed for them, <laughs> that's not possible. <laughs> um, now, now, we talk about, I don't know if it's in, uh, is it in this particular one? But we, we distinguish between the will of God. There, We talk about two different kinds of will. Do you want to... Uh, Think about talk about that here, or maybe we'll talk about it another time. Yeah, I think we can talk about it. Come back to it. Yeah, come back to it because it's getting outside of the the core of what what they're going to get at next about God's overall will. So let, let's push on that next one. Yeah, the second line. He did this by the perfectly wise and holy counsel of His own will, freely and unchangeably. So some of that we addressed, but yeah. What do you think that second line, particularly maybe the unchangeably, is getting at? There is no backup plan. There's no plan B. Mm. He has his will that he's freely done. I mean, thinking of Ephesians chapter 1 and the plan of salvation, freely done in his own perfect will and counsel. Mm -hmm. Unchangeable. Nothing can change it. The creature cannot change what God has decreed. We can go against it. We can fight against all, but God's going to overcome all. Yeah. There's, you know, it's, I think a lot of this is showing us the distinction between the creator and the creation. Because often, you know, in our world, man is exalted. Mm -hmm. And, And this is reminding us, no, there's a bigger separation than you realize between you and God. Yeah. And we see that in how things play out in the created world and even how limited our power is compared to his power. Yeah. And, and if, if God's decree were to change, what would that imply? That it wasn't perfectly wise. Yeah, exactly. 
and 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 we have to keep that in mind now would you admit roger that this is not an easy doctrine yeah not not only not easy to understand it's it's in some ways not easy to accept there's a tension in our hearts when we think about this doctrine and i think a lot of the tension is we can't see it in the midst of it mm-hmm. so joseph and his brothers mm-hmm. right he didn't see it that entire time you know back in genesis when his brothers were uh, persecuting him he was thrown into the pit he was sold into slavery then god had brought him up and and you know used him to to save his people in one sense. And then he thought at the end and said, you meant it for evil, mm-hmm. but God meant it for good. Yep. He couldn't have saw that at the beginning to say all this, I'm going through God meant it for good because there were things that weren't good in the sense of he's even calling it evil, mm-hmm. the actual events and circumstances, but what God brought about at the end, I mean, the wrestling of Job, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, that that mystery, that tension is always there because of our limited understanding. Our, our limited understanding both <laughs> of kind of what our circumstances are and like what the end will be, mm-hmm. but also, uh, you know, God's purposes, his intentions. Because the reality is um, there are some who will be eternally separated mm-hmm. from God. And so people, when we talk about the decree, that's always on people's minds. Yeah especially when we get to the part freely and unchangeably, we're saying that, that God has planned from the beginning that some will be in glory with him for eternity and some yeah. will not be. Well, let, let's keep pushing because this is going to, you know, yep. the confession is going to address some of this stuff. Yet God did this in such a way that he is neither the author of sin nor his fellowship with any in their sin. <laughs> Okay, Roger, this is the, it used to be the $65,000 question, but inflation has caused it to go up. This is the $100,000 question for you. What does that mean? You have the PhD, tell me. A uh, different subject. <laughs> <clears throat> I think it's making the distinction between the first causes I'll talk about and secondary causes of God's will mm-hmm. and how that in how things are carried out in this earth, I think of, you know, we were talking about this before of Calvin and how he talked about it of proximate cause and remote cause, that there is a sense in which we are carrying out and we are actually participating, mm-hmm. but God is not the one who is participating in our sin. Yeah. We are the ones who are responsible for what occurs. You think of James, that when we're tempted, James 1.13, we can't say to God, you tempted me. Mm-hmm. When we're tempted by our own fallen desires and heart and we give in, it's sinful to us. But we can't blame God and say, you created me. Mm-hmm. And, and so it, it's looking and saying God is not the author of it. And he has no fellowship with us in our sin. It's tough to understand yeah. how sin entered the world, mm-hmm. how he allowed in sin to enter the world, but he allowed man to be responsible for our actions with our own fallen heart. Yeah. Because there's a sense for the creature to look back and say, you made me this way, mm-hmm. right? And to look at God. But when we, when, when we, when we look at that and, and blame God, we also remove responsibility. 
because yeah. then we say we're not the cause. So separating that 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 God from from us, the creator from the creature, I think is important, but it's still difficult to hold that tension. Yeah, and there and we have to admit there is a tension there. Um, there's a tension because we we can't comprehend. You were you were referring to Joseph uh, and his statement where Joseph says, what you intended for evil, God intended for good. Mm-hmm. We, we can't quite comprehend how there can be the same event or action and two intentions behind it, Yeah, right? We, that's not a normal thing. Some One person intends, another person intends some other action. But we're talking about because we're t- God is decreeing these things, he is intending the very same action as the human actor but for different reasons. And it's that yeah. those reasons that are not sinful. Those, the actors, the human actors intended it for sinful and evil mm-hmm. reasons. God, the divine actor intended it only for good. And you think of how he triumphs over evil mm-hmm. and brings about good from the evil and with the different purposes for the end. Yeah. Even in that. But we're carrying it out, and in some way, there that you know that allowing us to be free to to carry out our own desires, mm-hmm. our own wants, our own evil devices. Yeah, I mean, we see it from the very beginning in Genesis that that man's heart was depraved, and they were following their own hearts and doing whatever they wanted to. I think it's Genesis six. Mm-hmm. We see that the the heart was was turned away from God from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so all the truths are there that we have to hold of who what is man? You know, we know what it says about God, but what is man and what how how does the creature creature relate to God? Yeah. I mean, you can't help with, with that after that sentence, but think of <laughs> Romans nine. Yeah. Right? And and the big question uh, that's asked is well, you know, um, how can how can God still find fault, right? If if God's the one decreeing, and and I'm just a creature, and, and then I'm falling into this thing that yeah. that God has decreed, you know, who can find fault in man? And He says, for who can resist His will? And this is Romans nine verse twenty. You know, we can't say it any better than Paul. Here's Paul's response to that very question: Who? Why does he still find fault? Who can resist his will? And he says, but who are you, O man, to answer back to God? Will what is molded say to its molder, why have you made me like this? Yep. And in some ways, Roger, that's that's not super satisfying. Yeah. If, and, and here's where I, I don't want to, this is not a denunciation of people in any way because I struggle with it too. I wrestle with this. But if we have that human pride, then this cannot be satisfying. Yeah. But I think when you humble yourself before the Lord, recognizing our finitude and his infinity, it's different. We don't need to comprehend fully how this all works, but good. You were going to say, yeah, 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 we don't, we want to, Mm-hmm. But we don't. But I think it's the human bent. We see this in the simple comment: "You made me do this. Yeah. You made me angry. Mm-hmm. I, I always talk to my kids about. No, they didn't make you angry. 
you responded in anger. They made it really hard for you to to respond rightly. Made it really hard, but you're still responsible for it. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's not the same comparison because we're talking about human and human. Mm -hmm. But we're, when we're talking about the God of all creation creating as human beings, and we don't make that distinction as you're bringing out the pride, who are we to talk about? about the creator and say, no, you caused it. Yeah. And, and, and there's something, <clears throat> there's something about the mystery there that, you know, we have to trust the righteousness and goodness of God. You know, uh, I may not know how it works, yeah. but I trust that God is good and he is righteous and even if my humanity feels like, oh, but there seems to be injustice there because God, you are decreeing this. Um, the, the, the writers of the confession want to make it clear, even though your heart might want to feel that way, we need to protect or, or we're not we need to protect. We need to see the boundaries that scripture gives. God is not the author of sin, nor does he have any fellowship with sin. It just brought it to mind a quote I was reading that made me step back and think, and I'm still thinking through, and it, it blows my mind. God willed for us to have and still struggle with sin, mm -hmm. even after we're believers. God willed it. He must have. He must Because <laughs> it is. <laughs> because it is. Yeah. But he's, he's willed it. So we have this struggle over our sin, which is right, mm -hmm. and we want to live holy lives. We want to obey the Lord. Mm-hmm. We struggle, and the fact is we will continue to struggle, not justifying, right? But yeah. we will continue, and that was actually in God's will. Yeah. And here's where that whole discussion, by the way, of the, the secret will or the hidden will yeah. and the revealed will really comes into play because at some level we have to say that the hidden or secret will of God, which is this decree, it is the, the hidden yeah. will, is not ours to have access to. That's why it's hidden or secret. That's God in his godness. And what we have to live by is an awareness of God's decree, but live within the revealed or prescribed will, what he teaches us, his commands, the character that he reveals in the scriptures. And it, it makes it hard. You know, we sometimes we want, I, I want access to that. But he says, here, here's what you can yeah. understand as my creatures, my creation, live with this. We are responsible for what he's revealed, yeah. not what he has not revealed to us. Does that, mm -hmm. does that resonate with you? Yeah, 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 it definitely. In, in thinking about, uh, about that mystery of what God has willed for our lives, I even think about, you know, there are things in our lives that God has willed that are good for us, that are hard, mm -hmm. but we often go and have this prosperity thinking of wanting to have a, a life free of trouble. We don't wrestle with sin. We're prosperous. We're happy. We're joyful all the time, forgetting that in a fallen, broken world, God is still working through, and he allowed, and he decreed mm -hmm. a broken world, mm -hmm. but he's using it for our good. If all things are working for our good, that includes all things, yeah. including our sin, including our suffering, including our righteousness, yeah. including everything is working for our good. But God isn't to blame. God is actually exalted because he's doing something more glorious than we could ever understand yeah. when we're submitting to that and submitting to what is the revealed will of God instead of trying to figure out, well, Lord, what is this? 
oh, it's so hidden. I don't understand. It doesn't make sense because we get wrapped up in wanting to know more than yeah. God revealed. Really, that's us. right. And and our responsibility is under that revealed will, the prescribed will. We are responsible for our actions. Yeah. Whether we know after we've sinned or not that somehow that was not outside God's decree, we, we get that. But that doesn't mean we're allowed to say, well, see, you, you made me do it. Yeah. Instead, that's what the, they go on to say, right? This decree does not violate the will of the creature or take away the free working or contingency of second causes. Mm-hmm. So that that's interesting. That's really important. It doesn't violate the will of the creature. What do you think they're getting at there? That he, it's not as sometimes people use a straw man argument like we're puppets. Right. We're not really truly free. Or we would say, no, we're freely choosing and freely acting. Mm-hmm. And we're freely responsible. We're just acting according with our fallen nature. Yep. And so, in a sense, we're slaves to our nature. But he's not violating our own will as if, as if we, you know, we're not responsible for it now. No, we are. Mm-hmm. We we are the ones who are acting. It doesn't take away from that free working. Just because he's sovereignly in control of all things and has decreed everything from the beginning to the end, we're free creatures who are responsible and living out our lives and that holding that together. It's not one pitting one against the other. Yeah. It's it's holding together. We are actually choosing, and and that whole tension that kind of we talked about in the last episode too that I yeah. I find so intriguing throughout the scriptures. I think this is one of them, where he he makes it very clear God has decreed all things that are going to come to pass, all things, and that means all things <laughs> in Ephesians one, it, all things according to the counsel of His will, all things. It's not you know there's no uh, you can't uh, wiggle out of that one. At the same time. There is this human freedom and this human responsibility. And at some point in our creatureliness, we can't fit these things together in our minds and our hearts. And there is a tension, but we need both of these things to live righteously and to honor the Lord and to worship him. Mm-hmm. And if you look historically, it's when we've swung too far to yeah. either side that we've lost something real and true about the Lord. And so living in that tension uh, there, I gave my book away for you um, is, is really, <laughs> it's really important. Um, but I, I know there's a, a little bit more here. Um, if you look at the last yeah. line there in this decree, God's wisdom is displayed in directing all things and his power and faithfulness are demonstrated in accomplishing his decree. What do you want to emphasize in in those lines there? His wisdom Hmm. in directing all things, the wisdom of God, the power of God. We we talked about his power previously in the Trinity. Mm -hmm. We talk about his wisdom. He's much, you know, he's his wisdom is greater than ours. Going back to Isaiah's thoughts are higher than our thoughts, Mm -hmm. and his faithfulness are demonstrating accomplishing his decree. Mm-hmm. I mean, just thinking about that, this is a wise plan, even though I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. It's not out of control because he is in control and he is faithful to bring it about and he's going to bring about his decree mm-hmm. to, to quietly just trust in the Lord and in his work when we don't understand is a very hard 
the thing to do, but to rest in the knowledge that what I see is not everything. Yeah. He, he is doing something that I could never understand and it will come to pass. There's such comfort in that. There's such a call to dependence on that, Mm -hmm. but there's also a resting from being so anxious, I think, and fearful in a world that doesn't have that hope. Think about living without that hope. It, It would be like life with just a joke. Like everything just occurred. There's nothing, there's no reason behind it, and we mm-hmm. don't have any hope that things will work out. It's not just everything's going to work out. No, God's plans are greater. So even if my plans don't work out, that's not the end of the story, and his plans were much better than mine anyway. Yeah. And it's hard to get to that because all of our lives, we look back and think, this is the direction I was going, and maybe God changed directions, and did I make a mistake? Did he make a mistake? We, we wrestle, yeah. right, with our humanness. But this takes us out of ourselves to focus our minds back on him. And I think that's such an important uh, kind of point to end on there, Roger, too, is this this idea that we sometimes are so concerned with our own freedom mm-hmm. or our own uh, will that we're willing to take away from God's freedom, at least in our minds. Mm-hmm. But the, the truth is God's freedom uh, certainly surpasses ours. And the good thing about his freedom is that he never uses it for evil. Hmm. We may not understand that and how it all works together, but that is what is true about That's the God we're, we're worshiping. Any thoughts to, to wrap up as we close out this uh, episode? I think just remembering how the scripture talks about uh, God in his, in his sovereignty and understanding that it's not just he's in control of everything, but that there's wisdom and faithfulness yeah. mixed in there can help us uh, rest when we're not seeing and, and, and keep our focus on him instead of so many of our circumstances. And to remember, yeah, the tension. God has decreed it all, but we're still responsible uh, creatures. And to live within that yeah. um, uh, understanding. Absolutely. Fantastic. This is a great conversation, Roger, and so much more that we will get to. Uh, There's more on the decree in the, in the confession. Uh, But we hope that our listeners have enjoyed this uh, conversation and thinking about some really deep and important things and just kind of scratching the surface. And uh, we'll, we'll continue this conversation next time and hope that you will join us. If you enjoyed this episode of the Rod and Staff podcast, please subscribe and share with others. For more information or to contact the host with questions or comments, please send email correspondence to feedback at rodnstaff.org. That is feedback at rod, the letter N, staff.org.